<laughs> Hello, everybody. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, it's UK Cowboys time. Welcome, everybody. This week, we've got double Scottish with us again, the Iron and the Brew, uh, joining us. And a man, if you, well, all of you who've been watching with UK Cowboys know that this guy's been on the show so many times, he's now got a British accent. We have from blogging the boys, Mr. RJ show. How are we doing, sir? It's great to be with you guys. Uh, I do consider myself a, a dual citizen at this point, although uh, when it comes to the Olympic Games, you know, my loyalty lies with the red, white, and blue. Uh, yes. But uh, great to see you all. Happy game day. Uh, we made it through another off season, and it's nice to be here. Do realize? <laughs> sorry to for the span of the logs, RJ. You do realize the UK flags red, white, and blue as well. Yeah, but yeah. they don't <laughs> refer to as the red, white, and blue. So yeah, no, we don't. No, uh, no. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's good to see you again. Uh, happy and smiling. Although it, it feels like I've been talking to you loads anyway, because at the moment, blogging the boys in terms of content have just exploded. I was talking to you in the week. Um, daily podcast podcasts with boys talking uh, girls talking boys you even got a spanish uh, speaking show now i was going to say as well if you need uh, a welsh speaking show for all the welsh speakers in america <laughs> just give me a shout well you know what maybe uh you know maybe this is a, a conversation for a different time but maybe we figure something <laughs> out get you guys on there once a week we can always uh you know figure out a way to make things uh happen obviously i mean everybody knows the cowboys are america's team but you guys are, are living proof that that extends well beyond well, the continental the united yeah, states the world's team it's the world's team but um yes uh for Anyone who's been living under a rock, if you don't follow Blogging the Boys, we share a lot of their content on our page uh, and Twitter and everything. Make sure you go and follow them. Um, articles run about sixty an hour, so you're always kept uh, <laughs> you're always kept well updated and a number of podcasts and shows. Um, but we thought we get since you know RJ's always on the mic we'll get him in talk before the hall of fame game get you involved um and run through some of the week's camp news uh, so we will start as we do um every week with some news and updates uh, so first of all some big news uh, Demarcus Lawrence off pup he's back he's in the building uh, they they were it was before i think if i remember and correct me if i'm wrong guys they said it would be around about the Arizona game, I think it was. Um, so preseason game two. So it was ahead of schedule. Yeah. That's happy to you guys. Was it was it the Arizona game? Or was I misinformed? You you weren't gonna see them at you weren't gonna see him at Oxnard at all. It was meant to be as soon as they got back to Texas. So yes, it would have been after the Arizona game. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, obviously, the other one as well, the big one, which we haven't covered yet, is Dak out with the shoulder injury. Um, Mike McCarthy came out, made a comment, said, uh, we are being conservative. We just want to make sure that this doesn't turn into something bigger. Dak has come out as well, said he feels fine. At this stage, though, with the Hall of Fame game and everything else going on, I don't know what you reckon, RJ. Smart move? You know, something I've I've thought a lot about in the last eight or so days since uh, the muscle strain first happened, that was a really long, you know, 30 minutes or so when Dak had run off the field in Oxnard. We were kind of waiting word 
Um, but I've been thinking a lot about his press conference when he when he celebrated his new contract. And he yeah. talked then about how he realizes the financial commitment that the organization has made to him, uh, how he realizes he's extremely important to the team. Um, yeah. Obviously, he was injured, you know, trying to pick up a first down with his legs. And so, I, you know, I don't know if Dak is, you know, if it's third and six and, and he's running for a first down in the middle of the third quarter, you know, is he going to put his body on the line, things like that. And so I, just, I have to believe that that has, you know, influenced the way he thinks. And so... If he yeah. felt some sort of, you know, something even 3% off, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, Dak isn't, I, I'm not worried about Dak's chemistry with C.D. Lamb or Michael Gallup. And so it's definitely worth airing on the side of caution. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're right, Mike. I mean, with hard knocks and then, you know, starting next week in the Hall of Fame game tonight, uh, he's he's the biggest story in the NFL. I mean, he, he's yeah. something that everybody wants to talk about and make a big deal over. Yeah, I know. It's kind of ironic because I... I we're getting it over here. I don't know what it's like over in the States, uh, but over here, it seems to be Dak's shoulder strain, which seems quite insignificant in terms of, inj- you know, the size of the injury. That seems to be blown up over here a lot more than Carson Wentz being out for 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Carson was a big story for like a day. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, then, um, and then Quentin Nelson got hurt. And so that so it all kind of merged um but but yeah i mean part of that is like it's the cults i mean um you know they're in a really boring part of our country and so nobody really cares <laughs> about the midwest uh so you wow. give it the attention you know that it demands and then you move on you gotta you gotta wonder if somebody's put the cults decals on the wrong way around and all their locks falling out of the horseshoes is uh... yeah. Well, I have seen in some news, Andrew Lux turned around and said he's considering unretiring. We knew that was on the cards. We knew that. Like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of ironic, but there we go. We'll, we'll move on from that because we're not the Colts podcast. We'll move on for now. Amari yeah. Cooper, uh, he made a comment 100% uh, with his ankle. Again, I think this is more of a move where let him rest, Hall of Fame. There's no point in rushing things. One thing I did know, and I wanted to specifically ask you on this one, RJ, he's looking very light. Does that concern you or do you think that's a good thing? You know, um, obviously the last month, the month and a half is when everybody's in the best shape of their lives, right? Like we hear that <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in the case of the Cowboys, like, I kind of believe it. Um, Zeke Elliott mm-hmm. showed up in great shape. Demarcus Lawrence in great shape. I mean, a lot of these guys really did seriously show up in great shape. And so I, I buy that there's something there. I mean, Amari is, um, is an incredible route runner and obviously knows his body very well. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a, a physical therapist or a physiologist <laughs> or anything like that. But I wonder <laughs> if, if that ex- even that extra minimal weight, you know, influenced pressure on his ankle or things like that. And so, um, you know, it, I, it mm-hmm. seems purposeful. And Amari is a really thoughtful person. And so I can't imagine he would lose weight uh, for no reason, you know, unless there was a specific purpose behind it. Yeah, that was more of the in terms of is it a good thing? Because we always hear in a Amari Cooper with foot injury, ankle injury, turf toe. You know, there's always something with the lower half. So playing lighter, does that perhaps, like you say, is that purposeful for a reason, which is more of a medical reason? Um, but that was something that stuck out to me. Another one I wanted to ask you about uh, is Tyron Smith, tendonitis on the elbow. 
people are saying it's not a problem. Other people are saying he might be ready for week one. What are you getting over there? What what what's your insight? In depth, because you're very deep <laughs> on this. I I think it is. I mean, he's he's you know he's entering his eleventh year in the NFL and he's thirty years old. I mean, so to say he's old is is ridiculous. But he's he's <laughs> old, you know, in terms of NFL experience, and he's he's a huge person, and so you know those types of things happen, and so I mean. It's, it's unideal, right? Like you would love for him to be incredibly healthy and obviously he had the surgery and, and you hope that that kind of puts away any of those issues. But um, I mean, it's it, at that point, at that stage of your career, you're going to get creaks, you know, you're going to get aches and pains. And so I just kind of chalk it up to that. And, and I think that, you know, you're going to deal with that all season long. Like you're not going to mm-hmm. be in this pristine shape of health, you know, from yeah. weeks one through 17, which is why the depth at tackle is so important. And when we're looking at what we had last year, although an entire year for the undrafted free agents playing tackle is going to obviously bode well for them in terms of their development, they're still not Tyron Smith. Yeah, um, it it will, you know, and Seki missed time last week too. And so Mm -hmm. like, it's a little fair to be a little bit hesitant there. Uh, But you're right. I mean, I think an underrated part of last season is that Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele it's so rare for, for undrafted free agent tackles, let alone young tackles, to have that much experience starting in the NFL. Uh, it'll be nice for them to get some looks in the preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not looking forward to the game or games that Tyron Smith misses. And, unfortunately, I would assume that he's probably going to miss some time at some point just because that's where he is in his career. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that one. In other news, Greg Zerline with the back still question marks for tonight's game. We have a punter doing the kicks, so he's double kicking, which yep. is just a complete and utter nightmare. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, it's just what, what, the Hall of Fame we, game. What, what can we see? Is the full package? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He very much could be, especially if he lays the wood on a punt returner. Then you've got a triple threat. Um, Chancey Golston, Hammy, still out. But on some good news, Jordan Lewis is back from injury. Uh, Michael Gallup is back from his uh, fence flip and Tristan Hill was seen working rehab on the field as well, which is some good news. And also uh, in some other news, we asked you this week uh, on our vote, who do you want to be wide receiver for going into the season? And it was voted with 55 percent of the vote. They want to see Cedric Wilson take the wide receiver four role. So very interesting. So the week before, by the way, RJ, we asked, who do you think cornerback two will end up being? And with a very large piece of the vote, it was Kelvin Joseph. I think that's a little optimistic, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Um, yeah. I, I would love for that to be the case. It's just, it's so, I mean, not, it's ho- so hard to do what Trayvon Diggs did last year. Um, oh, yeah. and come in and contribute right away. And it's, it's so hard for those opportunities to even be there. I mean, we all believe this team has a, a high ceiling this year. And um, if they're going to be playing some really important games, I, I don't know how much I trust a rookie cornerback out there against some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, especially when you think week one. What right. I'm looking at is just week one. And you look at that wide receiving, wide receiver slash tight end core, you're just like, oof. That's, that, that, you know, beyond that, but then you can start figuring it out. But week one, whoosh. Uh, but yes, that is our news and updates for now, guys. Make sure you get involved with us. Send us uh, your comments. We see them flying in, so keep them coming. Let us know where you're watching from uh, as well for the Hall of Fame game tonight. For people in the UK, 
just to give you a little insight for people over in the States, we are staying up to watch it. It kicks off here at one o'clock in the morning. <sighs> it's going to be a nice sleep. I'm going to be absolutely shattered tomorrow. What? So hold up. What what time does it kick off for each of you? So Mike, for one a.m. for you, Paul. One a.m. All of us one a.m. All of us. Okay. Yikes. Um, I respect it. Uh, I respect <laughs> it a lot. What's to like? I mean, I know I ask you this all the time, but what's the routine like when it ends? Do you go to bed right away? Like do you need, straight do you to bed. Some, <laughs> yeah. But like, because I I feel like I would need like an hour to kind of lay in bed on my phone and, and decompress. Mm, I mean, yeah, there is that. Yeah, yeah I kind of do that. Especially well, so. if it's like, you know, like those close games, like say the Falcons-Cowboys game last year with the warm-up. Oh right. Right. Yeah, that finishes. Uh, uh, and me and Paul, we pretty much stayed up. And it we was like... Oh, six it's, o'clock it, in the morning. Six yeah, yeah. Morning and I had to start work at seven. So I was just like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's, so, oh, well. Did you take a map before? Is there a pregame map? Okay. Yeah. And I had yeah, like it, I had like working two hours time as well, and and I was like during the day I was just like, right, and, <laughs> and then the mic phones me again after his works. I was like, dude, I am still tired after that game. I was like, dude, I'm not <laughs> just snoring on the phone and all stuff. So yeah, uh, we had some really unusual conversations that day. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> when you get sleep deprivation from it all, yeah, it does get a bit. But normally, yeah, if they are playing, you know, like the late game or the Monday night game, I go to bed like nine o'clock and set an alarm so I get at least like three, four hours mm-hmm. sleep, maybe. Um, and it also depends as well if the Cowboys are losing by a significant amount in the fourth quarter, like they were <laughs> last year, then it's like, okay, I can go to bed early on this one. Right on. Interesting. Well, I hope you guys have had some uh, some dinner already. I guess because you know a little bit a little bit late there. So yep. yeah, yeah. And the red wine. That's <laughs> 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 There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, what we'll do is we'll run through uh, some of the camp news for this week. Then we'll get into the Hall of Fame. Um, talk about uh, Jimmy and Drew as well. Uh, Drew, who's been on this show as well. I know you've spoken to uh, Drew. A couple of times as well. I mean, you are Jay. Yeah, he um, he jumped on with us a couple of times, and we had him on uh, a little bit after he uh, was announced as a Hall of Famer back in February. So, really excited to see this weekend, see all the speeches. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, long overdue for Drew. Um, Very much so. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any Cowboys fan was was pounding the table for him. We were doing it on our Facebook, sharing various videos and clips uh, because he did deserve it. But let's get into some of the camp news. So I wanted to start off with the offensive line because uh, last year being a bit of a problem. The one thing I wanted to know, um, we'll get back to Connor Williams for the Hall of Fame. I know it's Connor Williams center, Connor McGovern at left guard. That's looking spicy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. What are you making out, um, RJ? Because at the moment, Connor McGovern, for me, is the fastest riser in that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I like the the option, certainly. Um, yes. And I like getting the most out of Connor Williams in this contract year. I like the fact that Connor McGovern is useful to some degree, which hasn't been the case for the last two years. Um, but so I think it ultimately comes down to who's better between Tyler Biotish and Connor McGovern, because that's that's yeah. what you're doing, right? Like you're moving this around. And so that I'm I'm fascinated by. I mean, I, I really would love to see Connor Williams play center, even if it is the preseason in some 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 real action. I mean, 
Um, but I'm, I'm not opposed to that combination. Uh, it's not like the Cowboys spent a, a top pick on Tyler Biagi. I mean, it was a fourth round pick. Granted, they traded up to do it. But um, yeah. if they're ready to move on from that, I mean, but what I'm not a fan of is if, and I mean, look, the seat, we have to play the whole season out, but may, so maybe they're just focused on that. But okay, we're going to go Connor Williams at center here. Then what happens in the summer or the spring when he's a free agent? And you're going to go back yeah. to Tyler Biagi next year. So, um, you know, I'm a fan of, of different, you know, combinations, but I'm, I'm anxious to see one kind of set itself in and be permanent. Yeah, go yeah. on, Lorne, you go. No, I mean, obviously, obviously, our sort of backup plan of maybe signing Joe Looney is uh, fallen by the wayside now that he's, <laughs> he's retired from the NFL after three weeks of running, uh, sorry, three days of running wind sprints up at New York Giants. Um, and obviously, you, you saw that the New York Giants took Jason Garrett's new T-shirt too literally <laughs> and started <laughs> Uh, you know, so you don't, you don't certainly don't have that um, flexibility that Joe Looney provided, and you know, who knows? You may be able to coax him out of retirement if, if need be, during the season. But we need, we need to see what we've got. Last year, McGovern, obviously, with all the injuries and the the moving around on the line, obviously, Connor McGovern got in. It was only his second year, obviously. First year was in, he spent all the time uh, injured and um, never got to play. This is going into his third year now. He was serviceable. In fact, I was actually quite impressed with him in some of the games last year when he was called on. Um, and you know, I thought I thought there would be a competition with Connor Williams and Connor McGovern this year for that. Uh, if not for the starting guard, then certainly for the the swing guard, and and possibly the 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 backup centre as well. So it's interesting to see that they're using um, Williams more at the at the centre as a backup opportunity because yeah. obviously McGovern's played centre in college as well and probably had the easier transit would have had the easier transition as well. Um, we, we we just have to see. Obviously, you you hope that you're not going to have the the turnover on the offensive line at all this year, um, or certainly nothing as bad as last year where we had what 15 different combinations. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was yeah 15 combinations. I think that, yeah, that's, we, that's we the had, right number. Yeah, we had the highest amount of combinations within our offensive line than any other team. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, but the good news is, is Lyle Collins has looked good this week. And I don't know if you've seen Tony Pollard in a week making a run. Uh, maybe the largest hole he could have enjoyed going through that offensive line. The man leading the way, Zach Martin. So it's good to see that that guy's on top form in particular form. Now, last week we talked about CeeDee Lamb being a highlight reel and that he's going to heavily feature on Hard Knocks. Uh, by the way, on the news of Hard Knocks, uh, make sure after you watch Hard Knocks, you go and join Blogging the Boys, which is a little bit of news. Because you're doing uh, straight after the show, after the episode of Hard Knocks, you're reviewing the show straight away. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed different television shows that have done that. Um, like yeah. Walking, Walking Dead when they used to do Talking Dead or Game <laughs> of Thrones had a bunch of those. So um, our goal is to be something like that. As soon as uh, Hard Knocks ends, we'll jump on. Uh, I'll be part of those. Meg Murray, who I know is a great friend of y'all's, will be part of those as well. Um, so hopefully we have some fun things to um, to kind of discuss. Hopefully no drama. 
Um, hopefully, just really boring <laughs> storylines is what we're rooting for over the next month. Is or what so. hopefully, yeah. 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 I, I have said that I, I want very minimal drama, and I want people at the end of it all to go. You know that Dallas Cowboys hard knocks. It was really boring. Yeah, I, I think the high. I think the highlight of drama is like the Ezekiel Elliott. How long did it take him to find his room? You've seen that three o'clock? Yes, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- but... I, think, I think we're going to have the problem though here in the UK that um, I think it's being shown on Sky on Thursday nights at night yes. at this time. UK and Cowboys time. UK Cowboys time. And yeah. I think that as a result, Game Pass will be blocked out until after that's been on. Yeah, it, it's so certainly we been won't the get case to watch the last it. couple of years, so we won't get to watch it until Thursday night. Yeah. I don't know. So you won't get ma- you won't get many UK followers, RJ. I, I won't. I won't. I won't. How, does, uh, how does HBO Max work there, though? I mean, uh, you... te- we technically, we... we technically we do not get it due to the yeah. country, <laughs> the, the regions, uh, the regions uh, restrictions. Yep. But there is a way. There's always a, there's always a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul, Paul strikes me as the guy that has all the hookups <laughs> and all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the ways to find a way. Yeah, so like we 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 have spoken before where members of 105 the fan have been on. You know the people who work over there. You can't get it in the UK officially. officially. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. Right on. Well, if any of uh, <laughs> the UK government officials are listening, we would never ever Indoors. cross any of those lines. We'd no, never. No, no, no. Of course not. And anyone from CBS as well, because uh, they own the rights. <laughs> Um, but uh, one of the things, that, yeah, talking of CD Lamb has been the highlight. I want to say this week, the highlight for me has been Micah Parsons. I don't know what you guys think that if CD <laughs> Lamb owns episode one on Hard Knocks, it's going to be Micah Parsons this week. The guy has been everywhere. I will do a quick rundown synopsis of some of the points I've made, but I'll let our special guest, RJ, take the floor first. What do you think on um, Parsons this week? Because it's been incredible. Um, I mean, you know, he's he's seen such a rise with Cowboys <laughs> fans because I feel like so many people were down on him, not because yes. of who he who who is or was, but because the background, he, right? Because the, yeah. because of the background, because he wasn't Patrick Sertan, because he wasn't J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was just a it was a hard thing to adjust to. Um, yes. And so I do feel like he has been as advertised. He has been the player so far throughout camp, given that that is the, the context. Um, yes. And that, you know, that's really exciting. I mean, he does seem like a positive step in terms of revamping this defense, like a necessary step, like a necessary core. Uh, you know, the fact that he's part of, of calling plays and things like that. I mean, you know, we all would love – Right. I think we would love yeah. to see Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith ball out of their minds this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But um, I think we're all also mature enough to say that that might not be the most likely thing. And so <laughs> if, if the Cowboys were, were going to take Micah Parsons, you know, to, to me at least, he would have to be much better than the two of them because he would have to justify, you know, cashing out and going in a new direction. And so he's done that. And so that's, and that's just now. So that's really exciting. I'm, I'm hopeful that he plays a little bit tonight um, because yes. I mean, I think we forget too. I mean, he, he opted out last year. So, I mean, it's exactly. been a long time since yeah. he played competitive football. 
Yeah, he yeah. will actually get some game time, but it's kind of funny that you mentioned like, the first thing I loved about Michael Parsons was even way before the draft. I think there was the, this this one particular meeting that was having Patrick Patrick Satane and all that. It's like, and Satane I think says, "I hope Dallas drafts me." It's like, it's like, why the hell would they want to draft you? They need me. It's like, <laughs> like, like that, that to me is the, the the attitude I love about Michael Parsons. He's like, no, no, they need me. I'm gonna go there and make things and- happen. Here's the thing that that, that that people aren't talking about, that you haven't seen written, is one of the reasons people were down on him was, as RJ said, the background, the hazing and everything else. Um, <laughs> we don't need to go into details. But a lot of people were talking about that as being an issue. Since he's come into Dallas, I've heard nothing but great things about his character. Everybody talks about how good he is as a person. And yeah. you think, well, there you go then. There's... There's one problem gone. And then, as RJ says as well, if you've noticed, he's been wearing this week a helmet with a green sticker on the back. Yep. On 11 on 11, which means he's calling the plays, which I just find phenomenal. But here's here's something I put down just to give you an idea of how they've been using Micah Parsons in camp, right? So he opens up and he's doing coverage drills, uh, playing in the mic for a few. He goes off. Does some pass rushing drills. He comes back in, plays as an outside linebacker against the offensive tackle. Goes back out, comes back in, plays back at the mic, but he's blitzing from the middle linebacker position. Goes off, does some coverage drills, then comes back in and plays the Sam. <laughs> that was just one practice. Yeah, and all, all the while... <laughs> All the while, the drills are being done on one of the other fields as well. So he's having to commute between the two. Yeah, fields that's well. right. It's, it, I mean, if, if he had a step counter on him, he probably racked up, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the most number of steps in camp. The, the he's getting his 10,000 steps in. Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, it's a bit of some comparison. I don't know about you, Lauren, but for, from when we practiced football, it was like you did your seven or sevens, you did your O line versus D line drills. Then at the very end, that you did your eleven versus eleven. At the end, that was it. But yep. the fact that Parsons is going from in and out, in and out, in and out, that is just absolute mental. Yeah, mental. Uh, and they have said that they want to try and slow him down, but it just <laughs> seems to be that that's not happening. But for me, Parsons is just going to be. I think that because there's a lot of issues with what the the Cowboys' identity is going to be, and mm-hmm. I think. A lot of it is going to revolve around Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and Randy Gregory. They're going to be the, the staple, I think, where they're trying to establish what their identity is going to be. I'm going to say this right now. I think we should mm-hmm. get. I think we should. I know we're going to jump a wee bit of a subject, but I think we should no, get, give, 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 give Gregory an extension to now. I'm sorry, because I've got a gut feeling he's going to ball out this year because of the whole contract situation and who knows what's going to happen. Well, yeah. thankfully, we have a man that has forgotten more than we know. What do you reckon to that, RJ? <laughs> um, I will would say... You, would you pull the trigger early? I would because it can't hurt you at this point. And, and at this point, with Randy Gregory specifically, you are incredibly pot committed. You know what I mean? So you yeah. might as well double down. Um, I, and Randy has proven me wrong in this sense. I've, I've never been like a Randy hater. I love that the Cowboys have supported him this entire time. Yeah. I've just been a little cautious um, with my own optimism in terms of him, you know, 
racking up like double digit sacks because it's been so long since he's played a regular season. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not in some ways, I don't think it's fair to put these inordinate expectations on him because he is still coming back. And so the, the sample size of of his career is so weird and small. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could kind of see, you know, Stephen Jones betting on that because he is, you know, historically very cheap. Um, he's a friend of UK Cowboys. And so I, you know, Steven is the best, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I could see him saying, you know what, we'll, we'll be able to sign. Cause right now you're right. You know, Paul, they'd have to pay off of a lot of potential. Um, I mean, and, and I get that. And, and this, I, I can understand the argument either way. This is one of those unique situations for me. I, I think, yeah. I think, I think this works in Cowboys favor as well. It's like, because Cowboys, and you just mentioned, it's like, because of the whole things with, what happened in the past he's and the Cowboys have given him so much faith it's like this Gregory now and it's like okay I am entitled to like give you like just give me whatever contract you want type of thing just, just to say thank you for sticking by me for all these tough times I don't know you know what I mean it's one of those type of weird a team discount you, I, well I, I hate that terminology to be honest with you mate technically yeah. yes yeah. but it's yeah, I also I also think Paul like and I agree with you but the the flip side of that is if you're Randy Gregory and you've been through everything you've been through you're this close to to finally hitting the open market right and you everything's lining up your way right so if you want to be selfish and all players should be selfish they should com- they should completely look out for themselves Absolutely. get as much yeah. money as they can and, mm-hmm. and so if if I was Randy Gregory and I really you know I was dominating at camp and everything like that I was you know owning Tyron Smith whatever I would say, you know what? I am willing to bet because not in a bad way, but I mean, this organization has shown me a lot of love and I, I do feel like I have that to potentially fall back on. Um, I agree with DJ Dog 31, who's joined a lot of our live streams, by the way. Shout out to them. Um, that, <laughs> He's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a legend. legend. The, the Cowboys yeah. did wait on deck and it costed them a lot of money. And and, and yeah. you would think that Stephen Jones, who said this offseason that the biggest regret he had was not paying Dak earlier. You mentioned, you know, the 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 stalwarts on defense. You mentioned Randy Gregory and Trayvon Diggs. They play two of the most expensive positions in football. And you would think True. that Stephen Jones would say, you know what, we kind of messed this up with Dak. Let's be a little bit more proactive. Um, but but I do understand wanting proof of concept because it's been so long since he played, and I'm hopeful that he proves everybody who's believing in him, which includes myself to be right. It's just, it's a, such a unique situation. There really is no precedent for him in this case. Yeah. I was just going to add on top of this. It's whatever, like when he was featured in the game, he did either way, make some impact, either it helped the other defensive end not get as much double teamed or whatever. He would still get tackles for loss or whatever not. Like, I mean, the prime example, and I still use this as a good reference, was the Tampa Bay game a couple of years ago where it completely destroyed James Winston, completely demolished him. That was his first game back with no literal, little training, like access into the facility whatsoever. He still came in and absolutely obliterated that whole offensive line and destroyed James Winston, and that was him coming back. Then after that, it was back on the suspension lust after that again. And it was just like, it was just like, what'd you do here? Do we keep him? Whatever, all that discussion now, we're in this position now. He's now cleared. He's got a full training camp. I'm just really excited to see, especially if tonight, if he's going to get game time as well. So, sorry, Lord. Sorry, I cut, I cut you off there, man. No, no, no. 
I mean, all, all I was going to say is I'd probably open negotiations with him now, but you know, not look to sign a deal until sort of middle of the season when you know how he actually is factoring in. You know, obviously we want to get him signed before he hits the open market and he's registered 14 sacks this year or whatever, you know, and then obviously the price goes up. But at the same time, yes, Randy's going to be looking for the more money, but, you know, the support structure that he's developed over the four or five years that he's been here, obviously being in and out of football and everything like that, the support structure that he's got to get to this point is maybe... You know, that might... It'll play a factor. Think, yep. It'll play a factor. He might think twice about going off and, uh, you know, join the New York Giants, join the Eagles, join whoever. And, you know, you've got to start again and you've, you're in a you're in a city that you don't know anybody and, you know, you're back to square one. And, you know, it's, it's not so much about the drugs that he was taking now. It's um, obviously it's the... You know, he, he ha- suffers from mental health issues. There's, I don't know if it's bipolar, a bit like uh, Demetrius Underwood that we had back in the 90s. Um, or t- 2000s, I think it was, that we had him. Um, you know, that's that's where um, him it might be conducive to him staying in Dallas. Yeah. I'm sticking with Randy Gregory. I'm going to stick with the line. We may as well stay there right now because Randy has been on fire. He's going to have his own episode of Hard Knocks with his highlight show. Yeah. Uh, Terrell Basham showing up this week, which is good to see. Um, but I want to ask you guys. Um, so Neville Gallimore, he's doing a lot better this week. He started showing up. Someone, though, who I'm struggling with, I'm not buying the hype. Because every year he does this and it comes back and bites me in the ass when I big him up. Is Dorrance Armstrong? Are you guys buying the hype? Nope. Nope. I wouldn't take that hype for free. I mean, you know, it's he's, <laughs> he's Jerry's guy. Jerry loves him for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he he impeded Bradley and I from from being a part of things last year, so I still hold a grudge. Uh, from that perspective, yeah. um, it's, you funny know. You, it's funny that you mentioned Brian. I see not even in Ohio right now. Correct. Yeah, he no, did not travel. Yeah, what the hell, man? What? Yeah, the hell? yeah, he didn't travel. I've got a list of the names which we get to on the Hall of Fame site. But sticking with Dorrance, you were saying, RJ, you, you, you're with me that you think that that narrative has come back too many times to sting you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, and at this point, you know, we know who he is as an NFL player. I know exactly. Chauncey Goldston's on on the pup list right now, but I would, you know, when when things stabilize, I would much rather devote time and energy and resources and and mm. snaps to Chauncey, to Bradley, and I to these younger players. We the Dorrance Armstrong experiment was nice. He put Kansas football on the map, so to speak, a little bit. Yeah. Um. And so, but you know what? Like, let's. I'm fine. Let you know, and that, that's the thing. We fall in love with these guys. I mean, we fell in love with Joe Jackson, fell in love with mm-hmm. Dorrance Armstrong. Maybe mm-hmm. Bradley and I is the next guy that will be sitting here atoning, you know, our, our love for once upon a time. It's just, you know, not every draft pick works out, and, and you got to know when to fold them. And, and I think it's time to on Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it, kind of like it's a very similar narrative, and I let you kick, kick back in now, Lon that we had with um, the t- Rico Gathers, the Rico Gathers experience. Oh, there, was, there was nothing like Rico, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it is similar to that. He was his own yeah. hype monster in his own right. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah on. I, Sorry, Lorne, I, I cut you off. 
I mean, the, the thing is, the hype in training camp is always, you know, the, these guys have been training against each other during OTAs. They've been against each other, you know, and some of these guys have been two, three years in, uh, of training it day in, day out. So you, you know the tendencies of the offensive line. You know what they're likely to do. So you know you know what's going to beat them. And that's where it, ha- you know, this is where, where they all show up in training camp. It's, but, you know, you need to see them going against somebody that they don't see day in, day out. And that's what these preseason games, even even if it is scrubs that they're going up against the, the second, third stringers, if they can't if they can't make a mark on the game at that point in time, then you know that's that just proves that great they know what they know what their teammates are doing and they know how to attack their teammates, but they don't know how to do, put it into a real life game situation. And that's yeah, what when we the- see is him actually under a red hot uh, the the lights actually doing the job and stamping his name there on the pitch, and then you know you can believe the hype. But at the moment, I'm not believing it. Yeah, I'm with you. On the opposite end, though, a guy who is quietly getting it done, and I'm not seeing a lot of hype on this guy, is Israel Mukamar. This guy is making a few waves. And we'll talk about the Hall of Fame game in a minute. There's one of the guys I'm going to be paying attention to when the bright lights hit me in the face. what what, what, What did I tell you six weeks ago? Six weeks ago. Yes. Uh, when you, I think six weeks ago you said, "When are you coming up for a beer?" Oh, there's uh, that, right? There's yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Israel is going to be a name that you're going to watch out for. Mm. Um, tall, tall, lanky. I'm just love it. He's just always sniffing around, N- not getting interceptions, but he's breaking passes up. That's what I like. Yeah. Um, RJ, for you, go on. I can see you're eager to talk about Israel. So we really like Israel uh, at Blog on the Boys. We interviewed him the day after he was drafted. Really kind, humble young man. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I, I know a lot of people struggle with it. His last name, he corrected us, uh, corrected us, is pronounced Mukwamu. Oh, uh, Mukwamu. Mukwamu. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm sure we'll all butcher that several times uh, when he leads <laughs> the league in interceptions this year. Well, um, I, have a, I have a name card, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he... I, I mean, that's that might be the, the thing, like the variable I'm most excited to watch is is whether or not he and Deshaun Wright pop in the preseason because that was, you know, Dan Quinn had a type and if it doesn't take yeah. hold, then, you know, what did we waste all this time and energy for? Uh, so it, he is, you know, I mentioned proof of concept. He and Deshaun Wright can be mm-hmm. this merit of proof of concept of what Dan Quinn wants to do with this defense. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of ironic because I know we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame game any minute now. I'm just running through a few of the names. <laughs> but it, 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 I keep going back there. I'm going to get there, but we keep falling back on something I want to talk about. But um, it's kind of ironic that you mentioned Nation Right, And we wrote an article on Nation Right about how, um, how much we're looking forward to seeing him, another guy in the Hall of Fame game. But it seems a little ironic that people, when they drafted Nation Right, went, huh? And then they drafted Jabril Cox one pick later and went, wow, what a steal. But when you see what they're doing in camp, it's the opposite way around. Nation Wright is bowling out. And Jabril Cox is running with the thirds and is fairly quiet. Yeah, that's a bummer. I do think it's harder for Jabril Cox to get on the field right now. Um, 
because a lot that. of deference, yeah, a lot of deference yeah. is given. I mean, Micah's going to get his the lion's share mm-hmm. of things. Jalen's going to be involved. Leighton's going to be involved. Um, so it's it's difficult at that point um, to to really kind of see. I think what what we want to from him. And you've also got Keanu Neal in the mix. I mean, you're talking like there are four bodies that he has to get through. For yeah. you know, at corner, it's just it's a lot easier. I mean, because you're you're playing three most of the time anyway. Obviously, if you're playing mm. nickel, and you know, it's not like there are superstars at at the at the corner position. You've got Trayvon Diggs, but Kelvin Joseph has been kind of in and out. Jordan Lewis has been in and out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's there've been more opportunities for Nishan Wright, and that's that's exciting. And yeah, I mean, he might be the pick that everybody's rooting for the most, just because nobody yeah. knew him that first night, and it shuts everyone up because. He's just done nothing but good things since he's he's jumped in. Um, but Ken O'Neill, there's another name that you just brought up. Red zone interception while they were playing defense. He's starting to come into his own. Personally, I think that's going to be his role by the looks of things. I don't know what mm-hmm. you think. The linebacker position now is starting to take shape from what I'm yeah. seeing. And you're starting to see how they're going to be utilizing them. And for me, Ken O'Neill looks like he's going to be that nickel red zone linebacker they're going to push in and and take that role really starting to come along but a guy i wanted to talk to you about and more specifically this was the reason i got you in rj malik hooker i mean i'm just gonna go open the floor talk about the guy off you go um i mean i'm He's so interesting. Like this is this is such an interesting signing because it felt like something they weren't going to do. Obviously, after they didn't do it when they signed Demonte Casey, and then he was weirdly active on Twitter about it and, and talked yeah. about how things went well. I mean, so it was kind of awkward. Um, I, I mean, this is the kind of move that is awesome to see. Like, do I believe Malik Hooker is going to be one of the best safeties in the NFL this year? I don't know. Probably not. But. I mean, he has a lot of potential. He can be had for cheap. He's not affecting your comp formula. This is He's on the open market. He clearly wants to play for a team that's going to give him a big stage. Do it. Like You should do this 10 out of 10 times all the time. And so um, I'm really, really, really excited. We included him in our preview video uh, for the Hall of Fame game, even though he's not playing. Just uh, We hadn't really discussed him and analyzed him. And so I, I just, you know, again – is this a revolutionary or a revolution in the secondary? I don't think so. But he raises the floor of the safety yes. position, which, I mean, at, at this point, you know, cannot hurt. And so I, I don't know that I've ever been this confident in the overall safety group. That's not to yeah. say that I, I sleep well at night with it, but <laughs> I do feel confident, some level of confidence in each safety on the team. I haven't felt that way in a long time. Yeah, Look, yeah. I, I'm with you. I When we, we got... Hooker, like I was saying, that he's not, like you said, he's not going to be this guy that you're going, wow, look, one of the best safeties in the league. But he's going to be serviceable. And that's really what the Cowboys have been lacking in the safety position. That, okay, you've had Jeff Heath, he was totally serviceable, but you just, you need it. What you need is you need a weird word to say for safety, but we needed somebody who's safe. And mm-hmm. that who is what Hooker is. He's that safe safety. <laughs> The signing of Hooker as well, I mean, obviously that lit a fire under DeMonte Casey. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, he got an interception As soon that as day. he came into camp, that's, <laughs> when, that's when the no-fly zone and the, the airplane mode um, mm. discussion started in mm. camp. Yeah, I suppose, obviously, Dax, um, Dax was on the, the wind down then and um, 
a lot. You saw a lot more of the uh, backups, um, but you know that certainly lit a fire there. The the deal for Hooker is quite generous. I mean, yeah, if it's four hundred ninety thousand guaranteed, nine hundred ninety thousand for the entire year. You know, it's a great. <laughs> uh, his. His his best season is better than any safety that we have had for yeah. numerous years, probably since number twenty eight retired. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and as long as he does just you know, I'd imagine after training camp that maybe he's going to change that number. But um, as long as he does the justice to the number twenty eight, because that's that's one person that should be in next in line to go into the Hall of Fame as well, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Let's finally get there, because I keep harping on that we're going to talk about it. So let's get on to the Hall of Fame game. Yes. So first of all, we'll get into who isn't going. There's 16 names who aren't even traveling. So forget about players, I think, as well, like C.D. Lamb, Michael Gap. I can't see them dressing, suiting up for the game. Um, But the 16 names... They would be there for mental reps, surely. They would be just there there on the sideline for for mental reps. And don't forget, it's hard knock, so you're going to have some names there as well, otherwise it would just look a bit Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting about that. (laughs) Yeah, so the 16 names are your boy, first of all, Paul, Bradley and I. Uh, Josh Ball isn't going, which is a bit of a surprise to me, because um, yeah. I think there's a guy who's really going to struggle to make um, the roster, a, a roster spot, so as many reps as he can, but there we go. Francis Bernard, who I predicted is not making the final cut. Amari Cooper's not going, Chelsea Golson, CJ Goodwin, Tristan Hill, Malik Hooker, Blake Jarwin, okay. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, Jordan Lewis, Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, as we know, Tyron Smith, TJ Vasho, who's still injured as well. Who's a guy I was hoping would make a push for a spot. And Greg Zerline, as we know. So those guys aren't going. First of all, RJ, I, I mean, for me, the big one there that I'm surprised isn't going is Josh Ball. But anyone on that list you're surprised isn't going. No, I mean, everything made sense. I'm surprised Blake Jarwin didn't go. Um, like, I didn't expect mm. him to play. Um, but I mean, he's, but they have had him on a bit of a pitch count. So I, I can't understand like why make, why make him fly just to fly back, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so I do understand that. Um, but the Josh ball thing is interesting. I mean, they yeah. spent the, they spent the fourth round pick on him, you know? And yeah. so they yeah. clearly value and they, they did so, uh, in spite of a lot of off the field things that would disqualify him from a mm-hmm. selection from a lot of teams. So they yeah. clearly believed in him to a certain degree. Um, so I don't know what that's about. That's a really interesting thing to look at. Yeah, because, I mean, he's been fairly quiet at camp, too. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard his name at all. He picked up an injury last week. I think he'd, he'd sat out a couple of practices yeah, he, last week. He there walked to the ankle, medical tent. Yeah. In, yeah. Okay. So so maybe there is there's concern about something there. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised he's not on the list. Or is that it, he is on the list that's not going. Yeah, that one. And also... Blake Jarwin, because initially he was posted as being the tight end one, the starting tight end. But, you know, these things for preseason games, the early roster, what they put out is never what it ends up being. But here's a a bit of a funky one. And I thought I'll ask you as well on this one, RJ. At the moment, the defense have not practiced tackling. Is that correct? I haven't seen them doing actual physical tackling. They got a little 
little pushy, little shovey. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not 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 straight, full on tackle to the ground. Um, mm. But I, there is a general understanding in the preseason, you know, if you're getting into contact with some people. Now, there are people who are trying to impress their coaching staffs. And so, you know, it gets to a point where it does get rather physical late in the games. But uh, yeah, I mean, in, so in that sense, it's it will be very exciting to watch some pads clash. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's that's all the reason why to, to also err on the side of caution with anyone who has even the slightest injury, uh, just because you're you're a month away from the season actually starting. Yeah, because uh, that was the one that popped out to me. I was like, they haven't actually done ta- – and they're going into a game. They're going to a game, and they haven't actually done any tackling yet. So I think that's going to be quite interesting. So I wanted to give you guys some Hall of Fame watch, uh, Hall of Fame game names to watch. For me, the guy the guy straight at the top was Nation Wright for me, and uh, Israel Mukwamu. There we go. See, I wrote it down. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Um, the only other guy I put down is Nick Eubanks, Kelvin Joseph, and Maurice Kennedy. Um, more because I want to see what they can do when the bright lights hit their face. For you guys, anyone that you want to talk about, we'll talk about these guys in the Hall of Fame game. And I'll let RJ take uh, the reign on this one, and then I'll bring you the Scots in on this one. Who are the guys you're looking at that you really want to see and impress you? Well, you took the good ones, so uh, shout out I to know, you, I know. I made the obvious uh, ones. I made, <laughs> I made the obvious ones. Um, so I, I mean, this is a really cliche training camp answer, but it's starting to feel like that time of year. I'm falling into my normal routines. I'm going to eat a Whataburger before, you know, the game. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I am interested to see, you mentioned your poll, how Cedric Wilson's the established wide receiver for Noah Brown has fought a little bit harder than I thought he would. Uh, so is he going to be wide receiver five? Simi Fahoko hasn't, I really thought we would see these like freak catches from him in camp and that just hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, Malik Turner, Reggie Davis, there's these down the roster wide receivers. Will they force the Cowboys to carry six? Uh, will they try to put Simi Fahoko on the practice squad? Will they consider him part of the future if they're going to move on from Michael Gallup or Mark Cooper? Um, so I am really interested to see which of those shake out. And I mean, I know this is also obvious, so sorry, uh, Paul and Lauren, for taking the really obvious ones. Uh, ben DiNucci, like, do I believe in Ooh. him Ooh. At, yeah. at all? No, I don't. But I do think he got a really raw deal last year to yeah, have to start. Yeah, um, I agree. And, yeah. and so th- this is this is when he's supposed to play. He's supposed to be the guy who's playing in the second half of preseason games. And so I'm anxious to see him in, in the, the environment that he can thrive in. I don't know if he will. Uh, but yeah. that that will be really interesting to see whether or not he's worth holding on to because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not pumped about Garrett Gilbert, but that's the Cowboys' backup quarterback. And I, we've seen it, like, like Dorrance Armstrong. I don't need any more Cooper Rush in my life. He's a fine guy. You know, <laughs> wish him health, wealth, and, and success and happiness in life. But, you know, we can move on. We don't need to burn a roster spot here. Um, so I'm really interested in seeing Ben DiNucci and whether he's worth keeping around for the long term. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that, I, that was completely left field. I didn't even think about bending it. I'll be perfectly honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but for me, the the guy I am most interested in, and I think might won't be surprised, is Big Quentin Bohanna. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you just nicked mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I don't know if you've seen it. Did you see Quentin Bohanna run after Tony Pollard and tackle him in the open field? Yeah, I have not. I have not. <laughs> he ran after him, he's, chased him down, and caught him. 
I, I mean, Bahana's actually come into training camp. He's lost about 20, 20 pounds from his draft weight at 350. So he's about 330 at the moment. And Start he is. I, I liked, I liked 330. Yeah, yeah. I like 330. Yeah, he certainly doesn't <laughs> look like a 330 pound guy. I mean, <laughs> you, you saw the photo that we did last week of the um, Tyron, Tyron in the, you know, shirt Looking stripped back. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's looking wrecked there, you know. Bahana's, <laughs> yeah. Bahana must be right next to him. That you know, um, he he's he's doing everything that's been asked of him. Yeah. Uh, Dan Dan Quinn has said in his press conferences that Bahana is going to play in just about every base package that they've got to see what he can do. You know, this is somebody. And there was a podcast I was listening to this week that um, they'd actually said McCarthy had been. That was it. It was camping out where Will McClay was on with uh, Shannon and Nate. Yeah. And Will McClay had been looking at him since last October. So they'd been on his. He'd been on the radar since last October. Mike McCarthy come in to talk to uh, Will McClay about something, and they'd both sat down and watched it then. So I want to see him. I want to see him step up. As RJ said, I, I want to see how the backup QBs go. Um, mm-hmm. Danucci, yeah, last year asking him to go against Fletcher Cox, and, and yeah. that you know it, it, the Eagles were on a downturn last year, but I mean that defense was still there. That defense was still keeping them in the games. Um, so to ask somebody, you know, I, I, again, I said the last time I was on, it's a bit like um, th- that first series where you see Steaming Willie Beeman come into any given <laughs> Sunday. You know, he's running about going, "Oh, I don't know what the hell's going on," and yeah. you know that the, the the strange sidearm passes that we had. But you know, see how he gets on in these games. You mm. know, Ro- Romo developed his his way through the through the preseason games obviously yeah. the, the amount yeah. of time he got in those games that you know because you didn't want you didn't want Drew Bledsoe, Vinny Testaverde, whoever it was who was the starter you didn't want them um, possibly going down and at any you know at any point in time you look at how Dak ended up coming into the lineup you know Kellen Moore breaks his foot one day that um, Tony Romo's rested for that first game uh, against the Rams and Dak balls out against the Rams and then you know come Seattle uh, Tony Romo goes down funny on his back and that's it you never saw him again until the mm. Philadelphia game in mop up duty yep. so yeah yeah I do have one more one more guy I'm actually quite yeah, interested it's it's wherever we actually would see him in the defensive line and that's Brent Urban do we have him as a nose? Do we have him as an end? Like, I want to see what we actually do with him. And it's and RJ, you you know probably more, know more than me, but from what I know, that like, he's been doing pretty well in camp. No, it's just it's like I just want to know what your thoughts are as well. Yeah, he was really underrated last year um, as a run defender. PFF thought really highly of him. Make of that what you will. But yeah, that's that's kind of been his strong suit so far. Um, I. I am anxious to see him. That's a great name, Paul. Yep. Uh, a better name than I pulled. So congratulations to you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I think you still won. I think you still won uh, with the one, to be honest. <laughs> but you're right. Like, I mean, we've we've talked so much about different defensive tackles, like Bohana, like Neville Gallimore, even Osa Digizua. Like, it does feel like yeah. he's kind of been overlooked. Um, and so I'm excited to see him. I do. I've been saying for a while, I think we're going to see a lot of him on hard knocks just because he is this, yeah. like, 
wild personality. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tweeted about that, and his wife tweeted at me and let me know that he was mic'd up one day. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, and, and so you, you might get your wish, uh, you know, whether it's tonight or Tuesday night or next Thursday night uh, for the people in the UK who, who you know, follow the law. Um, you know, you'll uh, you'll get to see him one way or the other. Yeah, I, and I said that based on, like, the way they're going to utilize him, which is still mad to me, and still looking at the roster on the defensive line, I think Brent Irvin, by the time the season finish, will have the highest snap count of all the defensive linemen. I could see that. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the rest of the bodies are just so young. I mean, they need that that veteran presence there, and he's somebody yeah. who's been there and done that. Yeah, I kind of feel like Arben's going to be that, that, that utility guy for the D-line. He'll fit in wherever you need him to be there, but it's for someone to step out, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, the Tyrone ready. Crawford role. Right. Yeah, like, well, maybe not necessarily. Like, but with Tyrone, it's like he was fixing one position one season, then he had to bulk up for if he was to move to D-tackle and lose weight back to D-end again. I don't see that being, being with the situation with Brent, no. Like, but, but yeah. In, seasonal, in, in seasonal Tyrone Crawford moves. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. to see. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and I mentioned the guy as well, um, Jabril Cox, because we just haven't seen much of him, and he's yeah. this guy. I, I really need to see what he can do. I really mm-hmm. need to see him. Kelvin Joseph again, because this guy now has started making a push for the cornerback two position. Um, that third cornerback second is just completely up in the air. And I think stick the bright lights on, put the TV cameras in their faces, let's see how they manage it. Uh, the that, cream will rise to the top. Yeah, if they if they can deal with the lights and the, lights and the interviews and all the media, then, yeah, sells it, you know? Yeah, so the last thing I wanted to finish with on Hall of Fame, because um, there's a couple of unsung heroes. Um, so for me, first of all, Joe Witt Jr., Al Harris, the defensive back coaches, I think they're getting overlooked completely with what they're doing with the defensive backs and the way that they're preparing them. Unsung heroes right now. It's funny that you mentioned that. No one's actually made any discussion about the new coaches that have been brought in and what yeah. type of job they've job done. Because all we're seeing right now, we're seeing interceptions, we're seeing breakaways for, uh, from disrupting the wide receivers. We're yeah, not yeah. Actually, we're, we've not actually mentioned anything in regards to giving credit to these coaches, what the they've coaches. done so far. So, yeah, yeah, the positional. Uh, but again, we, again, it's can, but when we see that against a different team in terms of doing the scouting and all the, like, what we expect from this other team that we're, well, the Steelers for tonight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see, like, but, but yeah, for, from 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 till now, the, the the coaches have done like a, a really good job in terms of like playing the philosophy what Dan Quinn wants for what his backs want to do. So yeah, yeah, because you got to remember Dan Quinn brings in the concepts, but it's up to the position coaches to, to really get with the players and do it. So they're the important ones, really. But you mentioned Dan Quinn and. RJ, you made a comment about this this week. So I, I want to get what your pros and cons are. The Dan Quinn has opted to sit in the booth and call the games from there. Now, we've seen Mike Nolan do the same thing and halfway through the season flipped the script on that and went down <laughs> to the sideline. But what are the benefits for Dan Quinn to be up in the booth calling it from there? 
I mean, I think the benefits are organization. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to to have his his call sheets and all the material he needs, you know, way more accessible to him, um, you know, perched up there as opposed to, you know, running around. And, and there there are pros to being down on the field, right? Like you can get in yeah. people's faces, you can talk to them one-on-one, et cetera. But I mean, the, the true adjustments are, are happening at halftime anyway when they're in the locker room. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not like he's not communicating with people. And to your point, Mike, I mean, he has position coaches that he trusts to work with you know them on different things that they're working on um i i think that dan quinn is really wise and really astute um and so uh, um, you know the perspective of being up in the booth is certainly valuable seeing what what the cowboys are having to deal with on a regular basis um is is something that you know can can serve as a fruitful thing um i i think i prefer just like generally speaking um coordinators to be on the field but i have really loved everything Dan Quinn has done. He said all the right things. He seems to be doing all the right things. So if he wants to be in the booth, I'm, I'm totally down to trust him in that capacity. Yeah. It, it was just something that you talked about. And I thought, ah, oh, I get you because obviously, you know, we're going to know, but to get it out there, especially for the UK audience, what was the difference between a guy sitting in the booth and being down on the field, the, the, the pros and cons to it. And I thought, I'll oh, bring that up as a little, um, a little bit of input for people, but yeah, for me, I, I'm more of a guy where I want to see my coordinators down on the field. But do you think as well, because Mike McCarthy spoke when he took on the job with the Cowboys about using analytics a lot more. Do you think a lot more happens with that in terms of swaying the defensive coordinator when he's up in the booth because he's right there with it? You know, maybe. Um it's so hard to have things to, to learn to yield data during a game, uh, like in, in, a, in a super quick turnaround fashion. But yeah. um, I think it is easier to, to no pun intended, coordinate what you want to do uh, when you're up there and you can have your source material, et cetera. Um, I just think that, that it lends to a more a, a more studious sort of – and by the way, Dan Quinn's walking into the stadium on my television right now um, looking looking sharp. you got to be a different level of dude. He's got a, a full-up button shirt that he didn't even tuck in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if I didn't tuck in a button-up shirt, my wife would kill me. Uh, so, I mean, Dan, Dan Quinn is, uh, is a different level of confident than I am. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know – and I think that what's interesting is he's – he's been patrolling the sidelines for a long time as a head coach. Mm -hmm. Um, So he clearly feels that he is at his best here and he can offer the most here. And so in that sense, I'm, I'm inclined to trust him Um, and and I'm excited to see that. But I do think, you know, and last year was so broken. I think whatever you decide, you have to stick with it. You can't just, you know, the middle of the season, flip flop back, like go from one to the other. You have to decide, you have to make your bed. You have to lie in it. Yeah. I'm with you there. See for like so for me, I I totally agree. I think like for me, I I do like the idea of Mike Longcrest. You can like get the overall view perspective of what you can see in the field rather than seeing mm-hmm. it from the sideline. When you're only seeing like the more up close you find, the more distorted of your view. You might not see the back, uh, the furthest away corner by what he's doing. Whereas if you're in the overall view, you can actually get a better outline to make readjustments more quicker and effective and pass that on to your positional coaches. Whereas maybe like I think the problem with maybe last season is like our positional coaches were not doing their job properly as well as well as Mike Nolan. So, but I think <laughs> what you're saying, what you're saying, RJ, is like I I totally agree. At like for him to be in the head coach position for all those years, and if he feels as though he could be more effective being up there, I am fully 
supportive of that 100 percent yeah i I, th- I think so as well i mean you know the, there have been coaches you know that have always been up in the box um you don't, you know, that way. You, when you're down on the field, you're not, you're not getting involved. You're not getting angry when a, a referee throws a flag or something like that because of a, a ticky tack call. Um, you're not, you're not listening to somebody bitching about on the sideline about them not getting playing time or something like that or having an argument with other players. You're not getting involved in breaking up arguments within within possession groups. It's pure focus. Yeah, you're you're basically allowing your positional coaches to actually focus on dealing with their groups and actually then report back to him and vice versa. He's he's getting to see everything that's happening on the field rather than waiting for it to come up on the on the um, surface tablets or whatever it is that they're using. Um, so he can see it in real time rather than um, and understand how the opposition are going to be attacking our defense. And scheme yeah. against that. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, I, I mean, you know, if you go like back that. and look over over the years, there, you know, there's probably equal number of defensive coordinators on successful teams who have been on the sideline as have been up in the box. I think what? Belichick, Belichick, at one point was mostly in an in in the box type coach. I could be wrong, but wasn't wasn't the defensive coordinator for the Bucks this season? Was he no mostly in the Biff this year? Like, I would have to go and check that. I'm not entirely I'm, sure. Because like, I think the last couple of games I did saw he was in the Biff. I'm pretty sure, like especially yeah. leading up to the playoffs. So, but yeah. but it's just, it's just I think it is more down to a preference. But but either way, I I think it does really have its advantages. But when you're the coordinator, it means. Like if you're one and you're trying to see the overall spectrum of your defense and pass the information on to your uh, coaches and set the players what a uh, what coverage you want them to be, what you think is going to be more effective that way. From being on the sideline, you're not right over here arguing like you're saying there, Lauren, like the distractions of people shouting and balling and all oh, what you messed up there, or whatever, and that next play, forget about the next one, whatever. So I find for him to be fully focused on that. And make sure that we get our defense correct. Is yeah, I'm I'm fully supportive of it. Yeah. So uh, just to finish off, what I thought I would do is normally before a game we finish off with our fantasy football segment, which RJ has oh, been a part of before. But we're not. It, it is back, but not today. It is ah. for the regular season. And I was trying to find the prize that we're giving away, which is a UK Cowboys flag, but. Oh, actually, I've, t- I've never gotten a UK Cowboys flag. What the hell? I can get you one. <laughs> I've put it somewhere, but what, what's happened is I tidied up and I don't know where I've put it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, that will be back. And basically, there will be a season long leaderboard and a winner for the fantasy football segment for the regular season. We'll get to win a flag. But what I thought I'd do, because it's not the score really I'm interested in. I just thought I'd very quickly ask the three of you to finish off what you would consider a win for this game. For me, um, less than 100 rushing yards in this game. So ah, the run defense. Okay, okay. So I want to see the run defense, specifically the interior defensive line, holding up against the run. They do that for me. It's a win. Um, RJ, I'll let you go first on this one. What would you consider if it's a point score? Let it be that. 
Uh, no, I want to be unique. Um, I, I like mo- multiple turnovers, and that could be two. The, the bar is low. I mean, you know, I need um, I need plural turnovers. Um, and I, I want like authentic turnovers. I don't want, you know, tipped pass that, that wound yeah, up yeah. as an interception. I want break on a route. I want punch out fumbles and, and I can feel good about where this team is headed. Mike McCarthy, if, if there's one thing he has talked about consistently, it has been the need to generate more turnovers. And so I yeah. want to see that happen. Um, in, in however, I don't care if it's against, you know, whoever, Dwayne Haskins, whatever. But if there are turnovers, turnovers count. Turn and this is the first time they're going against somebody that isn't their own team. I want to see that with regularity. Okay, I like it. I've Go got then, Paul. I've got three things right, and I'm being very specific here. Right, <laughs> very <laughs> specific. <laughs> right. So, right. So, RJ mentioned a bit like some turnovers and stuff, but mine's is just going to be pass breakaways. I'm looking for at least ten in the game. At least ten Ooh. pass breakaways. Right. Five tackles for loss and three sacks. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll hit the Specific. lotto too, Paul. Uh... Specific. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lord, we've given you we've given you chance dollar. to recover on your answer. So give us your answer then, mate. Well, Paul's just lambasted me as well with it with oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were going for ten pass breakups, three sacks. No, five, five tackles for loss. More, I want. I, I certainly want to see something out of this defensive line, the front seven. I want to see mm-hmm. pressure generated at every opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, I want to see the quarterbacks having to throw on on the run. I want to see a uh, running backs having to duck and dive to try and even get back to the line of scrimmage. I want to see guys like Bahana and Urban and what have you in that backfield causing absolute mayhem. Yeah, I, just, I, I just want to add on top of what Lord is just saying. I, I'm more worried about the, the, the middle of our defensive line. If we can just like prevent the run, that's a win. <laughs> prevent the run. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I, I'm all about keeping them rush yards down. They do that for me. This defense is going in the right direction. Yeah, for a defense that did so bad against, so, which was the biggest killer, you know, allowing points and allowing running yard, rush yards were the two things that killed the defence and the team last year. Cut Absolutely. that down. Yeah. You don't have to completely, you know, be the best, but at least do half as good. Um, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But that is it for this week. Um, that is episode 127, uh, season two with Mr. RJ. So thank you very much, sir, for joining us again. It's always a pleasure. No, thank you guys for having me. Uh, really happy that football season's here. Happy that mm. that this this world and this job and this life has has led us to being friends. Uh, really excited for for this season and, and what it has in store. Um, and really just uh, really hopeful to make some fun memories, share some good times, have some good laughs. Uh, go to sleep angry, you know, wait, you know, just not experience yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Um, and hopefully it ends the way we all want it to. Uh, 5 a.m. Yeah. 5 a.m. Punching my bed, either distressed mm-hmm. or happy. Yeah, that's it. Ph- uh, phone it. Phone in RJ, sobbing quietly and just going, I'm going to bed. What, what, what we'll do as well, RJ, if you want to send us your address, we'll send you a flag over, dude. We'll send yeah, you definitely. A flag yeah, we'll get, no, we we'll get you all some uh, some blogging the boys gear as well. Oh, hell just, yeah. You know, so, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll figure things out. 
definitely. Yeah, but yeah, well, I'll get them details off you over the weekend, and I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you some hats as well. We got UK Cowboys hats, so we'll get them shipped over. And I'll even take a lovely selfie of myself and print it out and put that in it. Paul's if got you, a picture um, as well. If you don't autograph it, I mean, you know, if we're gonna do it, do it right. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know. So, you Wait, know. What, what the hell were you trying to say about me, though? <laughs> I said I sent you a photo before in the post. Oh yeah, so you did. Yeah, yeah, by, yeah. I, it was by accident, wasn't it? No, I did. I put it on there on purpose. I just felt like sending it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to know? <laughs> no, you don't, you don't, you no, don't. no, no. It was just for I don't know whatever's. But <laughs> yes, that is, that is this week's show. We're gonna let RJ pop off now because he's got some Hall of Fame. Um, Good enough to get on with and to do some typing up ready before the game. And we'll do all the sponsor shouts here. But thank you very much, RJ. We'll get you on again in the season so you can join in. And we'll get some more news and tidbits out of you as the season breaks. But thank you very much for joining us again, mate. We'll speak to you in the future. Of course. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all be well. See you later, RJ. See you, RJ. Legend. Yes, Absolutely so legend. that is it. Yes, he's always a leg end. And we will pay the bills here. So if you're going to a game this year, make sure you book it with Cowboys Experience. They have the game day tickets, packages, and tailgate parties for you. And of course, if you're going to the bucket with them, use the discount code UK Cowboys because what happens? You get free, you get stuff. free stuff. That's right. That's what it's all about. And the best things in life are free. Yeah. So, unless, yeah. unless, no, mosquito bites are for free and they're not really the best. So I'll take that <laughs> what away. What the hell are you going with that? I don't know. I really don't know. I just felt like but, kicking that in. But guys, yeah. Hall of Fame game tonight. Make sure you watch it. Tell us where you're watching from as well. Um, give the show as oh. well a like on our page and Twitter and but, all the rest it, of it. Because go on, man. Don't forget, uh, normally for every game that we do on the UK Cowboys Facebook page, we have a discussion. Um, yes. So you can leave your comments during the uh, during the game, what you think about the game, uh, get the comments in. It's It's been yeah. a really popular um, addition. We've been doing that for God knows how many, like since, the, since Lauren and Jamie started the group. So many years, many years. Six, over seven years now. Mm-hmm. And as well in the season on Twitter for people who struggle, we actually do a play by play as well. That's right on Twitter, yeah. Mm-hmm. A play by so you get it all going on all at once. Um, but like I say, we'll give you some more news on the fantasy football side. There's a little segment we kicked in last year, and we'll do it again, but with a leaderboard. Um, points scored for if you get it right. And yeah, we'll kick that in, and I'll try and find wherever the hell I put that. I don't, I don't know. I give up. Uh, anyway, yes, that is it from myself. And to finish the show off, from Lorne, from Paul, guys, I'll let you finish the show, and we'll see you all again next week. Cheers, guys. Have a good one, and go Cowboys. Have a good week, guys. <laughs>